0: Welcome to Experiencing Christ with Pastor Dennis Mato. Freedom Experience is a teaching ministry of the Word that is driven by the purpose that believers may subjectively realize the full knowledge of the truth according to 1st Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Experiencing God in the incarnated Word which is Christ to be life and light to man with grace and reality for man's enjoyment. And now, open wide your spirit. To receive this great teaching which is going to empower you to begin experiencing christ as your life this is pastor dennis matovo worth hearing Where the of the Lord is, there is freedom. freedom experience
1: experiencing christ Hallelujah. praise jesus wherever you are god bless you thank you for tuning in once again this is pastor dennis matov other from kampala uganda i want to congratulate you and to say thank you for always tuning in thank you god bless you Thank you for following. Thank you for loving our ministry and our programs. And I pray that the Lord may richly bless you, reward you abundantly. Yes, this is Experiencing Christ Daily. And this is Pastor Dennis. that from Freedom Experience Ministry, Kampala, Uganda. And we want to say thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful opportunity, giving us another chance to minister to your saints and believers across the globe we don't take it a little uh, thing it is so much and we thank you all people wherever you are those that are following and liking and sharing our programs visit us on our website also at freedomexperienceministry.org god is going to bless you abundantly like our facebook pages share let us continue to preach together teach together so that we extend this freedom experience unto many and thousands across the globe in jesus mighty name yes let us right away go into our teaching today experiencing christ daily and this is episode 13 i believe that you have been following from episode 1 up to yesterday but we shall continue because we have a lot to share with you by the grace of god hallelujah yes um yesterday we are talking about uh the seed and uh under uh, the land and we are now talking uh, we, we went deeper and uh, to discover who is the land and realize that the land is the all-inclusive spirit. The land is Jesus Christ who became the spirit, the life-giving spirit. And uh, if you missed yesterday, please just go back because it is so deep and important for you to know where we have come from so that you may understand where we are going today we are going to see another one which is also um, so so deep and good which is partaking of christ in the light partaking of christ in the light That's where we are going partaking of christ in the in the light and today we have got to see that we need an exodus there is a need for the exodus just like you see the exodus in the old testament even the born again the children of god we need an exodus such an exodus so that we may uh, be transferred from a certain place to another place, so that may be delivered from a certain uh, um, realm to another realm. Now if we see this, that we need, uh, that Jesus has become the life-giving spirit, is the land, is the all-inclusive spirit, then if you see that, you shall see that uh, you need an exodus. You shall not allow things, any other things that are other than Christ, to invade the church invade the body of Christ. You see? So the Colossians were troubled uh, by the ordinances and practices, philosophies and the other teachings because they did not see that Christ as the all-inclusive spirit uh, was their portion, their good land. Even as we have got to see him as the all-inclusive spirit, our portion and our good land so that we may shift and we go for an exodus from wherever we have been until we, until we come to the promised land who is the spirit of God. So in place of this, where well, people are replacing Christ with other things, but we have got to go for our portion. And we have got to accept and, uh, that we need to do an exodus, to have an exodus, just like the Israelites had an exodus from Egypt to the land of Canaan. We have got to come out of those observances, those ordinances, those philosophies, those cultures, Uh, that we have included in ourselves the religions and we see that this is the same principle it is true even today in Christianity today Christianity has been invaded by culture it has been invaded by culture not one part of Christianity has been exempt from this and if we are not sober and open, uh, open minded I tell you we are going to be consumed and the darkness is going to be Uh, so much even in these last days all Christianity has been flooded by culture I don't know if you have ever realized it and other things have come into Christianity from the world and the purpose of the experiencing Christ's teachings that we are bringing for you here that we are bringing to you here is to bring us out of all this to Christ himself you see at first uh, when we see at first it was was uh, Egypt was the world We talk about the world, we think of Egypt. Now we have the religion of Christianity, which has become an Egypt where God's people are held in bondage. So the Lord's people today need an Exodus. You need an Exodus. I need an Exodus. Everybody wants to see the all-inclusive spirit as your portion. You need an Exodus. And many of us can testify that when when we came into church life, and when you come into church life is when i talk about church life this is different from church fellowships and church other church organizations that we have when we talk about church life we are coming to the realities of Christ in the church so when you, you when you come to such a church life then you have made an an exodus and uh, you are delivered out of the authority of darkness you need to know that there is what we call the church life. There is an, a higher life in Christ. Paul talks about a higher life in Christ. He says that I aim at one thing. I aim I I look ahead, I go towards the goal. So he's aiming higher, so that he gains the higher Christ. You see? So we want to know that it is only Christ. We need to know that it is only Christ. When the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness, they remembered the flavors of the, of the leeks, The onions, the garlics, they enjoyed in Egypt. Because they were wandering in the wilderness, meaning that they were closer, they were too near from where they came from. They had been delivered from Egypt, but Egypt was still in their constitution, in their mindset, in their way of doing things, even in their diet. They could even uh, desire and desire for leeks, onions, garlics that they enjoyed in Egypt. And they still longed to eat that kind of food. But when the children of Israel entered into the good land, nothing with an Egyptian flavor was brought into Canaan. God could not allow that. So if you have been following us, you see that the very picture of the Israelites is the very picture of the church today. To, To bring anything of Egypt, like any food, any diet, any flavor from Egypt to the church or to Canaan was blasphemous to God. To bring into the church something other than Christ is also a blasphemy. For us to stand on the pulpit and teach things that are not Jesus Christ and the all-inclusive spirit, then that is blasphemy to God. You see? So in the good land, there are no Egyptian leeks, no Onions and garlics. God will not permit that. God cannot permit cultures to come into church. God will not permit philosophies, observance, ordinances to come into church. And that is it. So in the good land, we only enjoy the produce of the land. Let us go to Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. And you see that when the moment they entered the, 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 the good land, the moment they entered Canaan, the Bible clearly speaks that manna from heaven ceased, and they began to eat from the produce of the land. Joshua chapter 5 verses 12. It says that, and the manna ceased. On the morrow, after they had eaten of the old corn of the land, neither had the children of Israel manna any more; it ceased. But they did eat of the fruit of the produce of the land of Canaan that very So the moment they entered the good land, manna from heaven, manna of the desert experience, ceased. Even today, the moment we say we are eating from Christ. We have begun eating and enjoying Christ. We have entered the, the, the spiritual realm, the good land, which is our spirit. Then outside teachings and observances and ordinances will cease. We don't need to eat from them again. So this is the same principle. There is no worldly garlic in church. There is no worldly garlic in church life. There is no worldly onion in church life. Only Christ is the portion of the saints according to the scriptures. If we see this i tell you we shall be kept from bringing any foreign element in the body of christ hallelujah so we have seen that the portion of the saints is christ as the good land the all-inclusive christ as the life-giving spirit firstly we saw that christ is the seed that gives us life that one we saw yesterday then he becomes the kingdom he becomes a realm he becomes a sphere in which we live and walk. We also saw that yesterday. Therefore, Christ is our seed. You have got to take him as your seed and as your land and as your life and your realm. This is Christ as the portion of the saints. Hallelujah. This is Christ as the portion of the saints. Amen. That is it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, we want to see today how we can partake Christ in the light. And remember, our, our key scripture is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, 13. We have read it so much, so much. It, it, let, let me repeat it because we need it before we start. Off. Colossians 1 12, 1 12 of Colossians and 13. The Bible says that giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance in the saints in light. So they mention in the saints in light. So even today, we are going to continue from there. We are still seeing something. And today, what we are seeing is uh, partaking of Christ in the light, enjoying Christ in the light, receiving Christ as a food, as a portion in the light. That's what we mean. So Paul says that the Father has qualified us. He has qualified us for a share of the portion of the saints, but in the light. Many may read this verse and you will not pay attention to that phrase, in the light. Today we have come to talk about that phrase, which, is say, which says that, in the light. You see, Christ, our portion, is to be enjoyed by us in the light, not in darkness. That's why it translates us, it transfers us from darkness, brings us where light is so that we may enjoy his son. You will not enjoy Jesus Christ when you are living and moving in darkness. So in this message today, we need to consider what it is to partake Christ, the portion of the saints, in the light. You see, the Bible reveals that when God restored the universe in Genesis, we had that he had judged because of of the rebellion of Satan. The first thing he did was to cause light to appear. Remember, darkness had been um, on, on the surface of the deep. Then God said, let there be light. And light came forth. That is in Genesis 1.3. So this took place on the first day. Day one. On the fourth day, we see a more solid form of light. Which is the sun, the moon, and the stars. You see? So the light on the first day was, was intangible. Was not physical material. It was unsubstantial but on the fourth day we have the solid luminaries luminaries things that give light so by this we see that the recreation of the universe all its restoration was carried out by light now for your information you have got to believe that in genesis it was not the first creation it was a recreation because can god cannot create things that are mixed up and darkness covered when he's living in light it means that something happened and he had to come to do a recreation that is a wide teaching we shall come back for that sometime back, some other time so he um, what it was a recreation and that restoration so he needed light to uh, to be the first thing to be seen that he has created so When you read Genesis 1, you see that in the beginning God uh, created the heavens and the earth and the earth was empty and void. You cannot create something which is empty and void, darkness covering upon the earth. No, something had happened that made that chaos. And we know very well that that is a result of the fall of Lucifer, the fall of Satan. A lot of things were affected. Even creation was affected. So he comes in to recreate. Amen. So the light we see on the first day is uh, was a light of the word that was needed, but there came in other solid luminaries on the fourth day. So this is the light that carried out restoration. Today we are going to see some references to light abound in the Old Testament. There are some scriptures that mention the light in the old testament for example psalms 36 verses nine psalms 36 verses nine we see that the bible says i'll, I'll quote for you um, even from verses uh, seven i think psalms 36 it says in verses nine okay let's begin from verse verse eight Verse 7, Bible says, How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the rivers of thy pleasures. For with thee, for with you, is the fountain of life, and in thy light shall we see light. So we see that they mention about light. They mention this light. And they say, In thy light shall we see light. When you come to Psalms 119 and verses 105, the psalmist declares, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He's mentioning the word being the light. The first mentioning was the light. In the light we see light. But this time we see in the word we see light. Furthermore, when we come to Isaiah 2, verses 5, now it says, O house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord. They are calling the house of Jacob, those believers, to come and walk in the light of the Lord, meaning that here, Jesus Christ is the light. So, although the Bible has much to say about light, it is difficult to give an adequate definition of light. Light is a real thing. Light is substantial. It is a tangible thing, but it is still mysterious. And we see that the Bible indicates that light has a basic factor in the restoration of the universe, which is recreation. And that light is necessary for God's people to walk in his presence. Even today, we need the light to walk in the presence of God. We need the light to continue to create our everything that we need for life with our mouth. We need the light. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, the Bible says that when Jesus was walking through Galilee, the Bible says that people were, that, that were sitting in darkness saw a great light, and to those sitting in the region and the shadow of death, to them light sprang up. So when Jesus was moving on earth, people could see light, meaning that Jesus was light. John chapter 8 verse 12, the Lord Jesus said that he is the light of the world and that whosoever follows him will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So Jesus becomes the light of life. But you shall see that if we don't follow him as the light even today, we shall be in darkness no matter we are born again. Furthermore, we see that at the time of Paul's conversion in Acts chapter 9, the Lord Jesus told him a vision. When you read Acts chapter 26, verse 18, he told him that he had called him to open the eyes of people so that they may turn, that he may turn, they may turn from darkness to light. That is in Acts chapter 26, verse 18. And this indicates that unbelievers, whether Jews or Gentiles, or other people, they are in darkness. That is the first thing. Everybody who has not come to Christ is living in darkness and he cannot see where he is going. Anyone who does not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ is in darkness and he needs to turn from darkness to light. But we shall come closer to see the darkness that is even in the church today. Come to 1 John chapter 1 verses 5. You see that even in the, in the, in the children of God, they still need light. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1 verse 5 that God is light and that in Him there is no darkness. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie. There are some believers, there are some Christians that are saying we are fellowshipping with God, but at the same time they are walking in darkness. That's a lie. He is light and in Him there is no darkness. How can you walk into realms? You get the point? So since God is light, If we have fellowship with him we also shall be in the light we shall be children of the light today let us talk more about this light in the bible and the several aspects of the light and the bible we see it talks about the light and it reveals that the light is related to number one god light is related to the word of god that's number two number three light is related to christ jesus Number four, light is related to the life of Christ. Number five, light is related to the believers. And number six, light is related to the church. So today we want to see these several aspects of the light. Light being God, being the word of God, being Christ, light being the life of Christ, the believers, and the church. Let us begin with the God. We have read the scripture in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5. We have pointed out that 1 John 1.5 says that God is light. What does that mean? He alone is the source of light. The word of God, Christ, the life of Christ, the believers and the church can only and can all be light because they have God as the source. That means that God is the source. The rest of the aspects of light, they draw light from the source who is God the Father. Even Christ was drawing light from the Father. So, let us see the word. Let us see the word of God being light. Remember, we have read Psalms 119, verses 105. It says that the word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And we have, when we come to Psalms 130, verse 130, it says that the entrance of God's words Give light. Now we begin to see that the word of God gives also light. It's a lamp, it's a light to our path. The word of God is light because it contains God. The moment any scripture we are preaching contains God, then people shall see light. The moment our messages are filled with God, Christ, then people shall see light. The bad thing that people are reading scriptures and they don't include the, the, the component of Christ in their preaching. They are preaching material things. They are preaching external things. And people, it is difficult for them to see Christ. So they are preaching darkness. So if the Bible did not contain God, the words of the Bible could not enlighten us. Just like today, if you preach a scripture, if I preach you a scripture or I bring a message whereby God is not the content of that message, Jesus Christ is not the content of that message. The Holy Spirit is not the content of that message. Then I tell you, I will be not giving you light. You will be living in darkness. The source of the Bible must be God because God is light. So, therefore, the, word, the words in the Bible that we read, they are supposed to shine. They are shining and they are shining light. Hallelujah. Look at also another aspect who is Christ our Savior. In John chapter 9 verse 5, the Lord said, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So we see that God and Christ, they are one. Since God is light, Christ also is light. Christ is the light of the world. Christ is the light in everything that we see in the world. He is the light in a definite way that we can define is a light you can you can interpret, you can understand. He has come to bring us closer. He has come to bring God the light to closer to us in a way we can touch, in a way we can enjoy and experience. You see, God as a light is not approachable. The Bible says God upro- uh, sits in unapproachable light. How could we approach him? He's in the, the other ultimate light which cannot be reachable by man. But Christ has drawn that unapproachable light, and in within Himself, and He has brought to us here on Earth, so that we may enjoy and express, so that we may be also illuminated, and become lights. So we see that the world, they are mentioned in John chapter nine, verse five, it it denotes society, all mankind. That means that Christ is the light, not just in a general way, just like God is the light, but Christ is, is, is a light, is the light in a definite way as the light of a society that believes in him, light of those that are living in darkness, light of mankind. So here we see that Christ Jesus is the light. Another aspect is that the life of Christ is also light. Now there is what we call Christ and the life of Christ. You try to see this. So the life of Christ is also light. Come with me in John chapter, chapter 1 verse 4. The Bible says that in him was life and the life was the light of men. So when we receive Christ as our life, when you accept your Lord him as your Lord and Savior, this life becomes light in us. It becomes light in you, shining upon you, shining upon us and enlightening us from within. There is a Christ with light from the without, but there is Christ, the life of Christ in you, which is your life, which is shining to enlighten you from within. There's got to be light within your eyes, light within your mind, light within your heart. There's got to be light within your members, your members of your body, so that you may everything is in light, you see. So uh, that is so important. And our, uh, we have got to do the best to see that the light inside us is always burning and sliding so that we don't live in darkness. So, another aspect is the believers. They have told us that even the believers in the scriptures, they are lights. Those who believe in Christ are also the light. When we speak of believers, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew 5:14. remember, that is so common. You are the light of the world. He's talking about the believers, those that come to him. He makes them the light of the world to shine unto the world. Remember, Jesus now has gone back objectively to heaven. But we have got to skip the light in the world. And the church now, the believers are supposed to shine individually. Wherever you go, you are an individual light. The light which shines, shines in your place of home, at your place of work. You are supposed to keep on shining. You are not a church as an individual, but as a believer, you also have that light. You see? You come with me in Philippians chapter 2, verses 15. The Bible mentions as we the believers this shining light in Philippians 2.15. It says that, "...that they may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of the crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine." as lights in the world so believers are shining as lights in the world and paul says that these are the believers shining as lights in the world today christ is 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 no longer with us physically but this light is going to keep on shining from every believer now the greek word for lights is better rendered luminaries luminaries a luminary does not have light in itself. A luminary, like a bulb, um, does not have a light, light in itself. There is somewhere that is a source of light. For your bulb in your house to give you light, it's just a luminary. For your torch to give you light, it's just a luminary. That light is coming from somewhere. It's not in that bulb. So, luminaries do not have light in themselves. If we are luminaries as believers, the truth is we don't have light in ourselves. It's not in us. So it reflects light as a luminary, but this self is coming, this light is coming from another source. So the believers are luminaries. In ourselves, we have no light. The light comes from the oil. Remember, every lamp that is burning it is burning because there is oil inside oil is not seen outside you are seeing light from the lamp but the light—the lamp is not the owner of that light that light comes from the oil which is now the spirit the burning spirit within us if we have the burning spirit within us then that spirit will become the oil which is going to keep our light our lamp lighting so the source of our light is not ourselves but Christ as the spirit shout hallelujah so that is it. You have got to have the oil in you, which is the spirit. Burn it. Another aspect, which is the last one, is that the church is also, is also the light. Revelation 1.20. We see that the church is a lampstand. They mention of the seven lampstands. A lampstand. Praise the Lord. So they mention of a lampstand in Revelation one twenty, A stand that holds and supports a burning lamp. Now meaning that the church is a lampstand and Christ is going to be now the lamp. You see? So, the church begins to be, is now the lampstand, a stand that holds and supports a burning lamp. The lamp is Christ with God in him as Christ. Let us read Revelation chapter 21. You will see that the church, the church's work is to hold the burning lamp the burning lamp, which is Jesus Christ. Our duty is to hold the burning lamp, which is Christ. If in our messages we are not holding the burning lamp, then darkness is going to be in the church. So the Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, verses 23, it says that in 23, And, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the lamp is the light thereof. They are showing us that Jesus Christ is going to be the lamp of the city. There's not going to be the sun and the moon in the New Jerusalem. No, because Christ himself is going to be the lamp, the lamp that's going to shine into that city. We don't need the sun there. We don't need the moon there. Those are all uh, getting light from somewhere, from God, which is a source of light. So meaning that in the old in the new Jerusalem we are going to be having God himself shining upon us. In the universe there is one light, God himself. The triune God is that unique light. Amen. So let us go on to see how to partake Christ in the light and what it means. Remember, we quoted that from Colossians 1:12 and it indicates that we partake of Christ as the portion of the saints in the light. Some people, they think they can partake and enjoy Christ in darkness, in religion, in philosophy, in observance ordinances, in special special teachings other than Christ. They cannot. Since God alone is light, we must turn to God and be in His presence in order for us to partake His Christ. You cannot, take, partake, you cannot partake Christ when you are in darkness. You have got on a daily basis, we have got to turn to Christ. Turn to God every morning. Come into the presence of God so that may have light. Remember the Bible told us in Psalms 36, verse 9, that in thy light shall we see light. If you don't come to God, the source of light, you will never see light. In everything that you do, you will never. We have been called into the marvelous light. God has called us. First Peter 2 9, it told us. Uh, let me reread it. He gave it to you some time back. 1 Peter 2.9 The Bible says we have been called unto his marvelous light. It says that but you are chosen generation, a royal priesthood and a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In other words, he has called us into his marvelous light so that we may enjoy his praises. And we also see light. So before we were saved, we were all together in darkness. And everything that is related to us was related to us. It was in our human situation, it was darkness. Whatever we could do, it was in darkness. You see? So as we repented, when we heard the gospel, we came to Jesus Christ, and this gospel became light within us to light us. This caused us to repent of our sins. And we repented to God, and we came back to God. So, as we came back to God, we see that after repentance, then we spontaneously opened to uh, to Him uh, as light. Hallelujah! So, at the time of at the time we we repented and we were saved, then we began to experience something shining within us. That was the Christ that has enter, had entered us. And we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and we thanked him for dying on our behalf, you see. So we received him as our Savior and Lord. Now, in this way, the inner shining was intensified because now Christ was within us. He was no longer light outside us. Uh, it was now the life in us as the light. So therefore, at the time of our conversion, light entered into us. The Christ was light, who was shining outside you so that you may see the way to come to repentance. When you accepted, then he entered into you to be life, the life that is the light. You see? So, that is it. There is an inner shining within us even today. There is a light that is in us, that has entered into us. And many of us can testify that, that in this in these days, uh, we are following our uh, after our Converse, uh, conversion from, from wherever God brought us, we are experiencing such a light on a daily basis. and it is. And in this light, Christ has become our portion. Because the more light we get in Christ, the more portion we gain in Him. More light, more fellowship. More fellowship, we gain our portion. Some people have got bigger portions. Others are still having little and little portions. You need more light on a daily basis. You have got to come closer to the presence of God, which is light so although we did not have this kind of knowledge at the time we got saved we we did have the experience within us that there is a light we have come across you see but after we have been saved we are distracted from this inner shining why because you join churches you join some religious denominations you join some groups and you find their teachings and observances ordinances and philosophies and these things begin to blind you once again to distract you from this inner shining. Then the inner shining is closed and you begin now to be taken away. Many of us are, are encouraged uh, by, by Christian workers, they are pastors, preachers, ministers, to pay attention to doctrine. Go for theology, go for Bible school, Bible teachings, go for these doctrines. They are encouraging us, they are diligent Christian workers, But the more we are taken outside of of the inner light, the inner shining, then we are distracted from the inner shining and we are brought back out so that we, we get a light which is outside. So, instead of remaining in the presence of the Lord and treasuring the inner shining, we turned to good things, which is not Christ himself. There are some messages which are not Christ. There are some good preaching which are not Christ. And these have distracted us from the inner shining, and we are now taken back into darkness. We need to be transferred again back to light. We have exchanged the presence of Christ for doctrines. You think that by the knowledge of the, doc- the doctrine from, and its entirety, that is what Christ co- called you to do? No. The only doctrine that is in us is Christ. We learn Christ, we are taught Christ, and for some time, some, some people they have taken even observance, practices, and they have lost the inner shining. You are no longer shining. Because you have been distracted from the inner life, the inner shining. And the result is that you are taken back into darkness. So before we are saved, we are in a terrible and horrible darkness of the world. But after we were saved, Still, we are in a certain darkness of teachings, certain darkness of doctrines, certain darkness of observances, certain darkness of works, formalities, and religious rituals. These things are still being taught in the church. And some of these things may be good, but they are not Christ himself. There are some teachings that cannot show you Christ. They are always keeping you in darkness. Some teachings are condemning you all the time. They are showing you that your Christ has now na- has done nothing concerning your freedom. So, having been distracted from God as the light, people have lost the enjoyment of Christ as their portion. They come to church and they are seeing external glories. Uh, they are seeing activities, programs that are well organized, and those things that are happening in the services. And they come. They don't come to the enjoyment of Christ as their portion. So, today, it is hard to find anyone who is speaking uh, of the enjoyment of Christ, just like we are now uh, preaching and teaching about Christ. It is hard to go to churches and you find that they are speaking about enjoy Christ, experience Christ, take Christ as your portion. Christ is your everything. Do you know that even you even you can travel in several places, Christ is not taught as the portion of the saints. Christ is not uh, the, 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 the food of the day and people are not encouraging others to partake of Christ and to enjoy Him. The message has changed. So when when I was young in the Lord, I was young in the Lord, I, I was told to follow Christ. I was taught to walk in His steps, to imitate Christ, be like Him. I was told that I should copy as if someone was to be outside me and I'm looking unto him so that I become him by imitation, just like mankesi manke do. I was also charged to worship him as the Lord and Master in the heavens. He's in the heavens. But I was never told that I have got to enjoy him, experience him as my everything within me. So, when we talk about experiencing Christ, enjoying Christ, it is some, some more of subjective experience we are not talking about the christ who is in heaven we are talking about the christ who is living us as this shining light as life as light as grace as reality for our enjoyment so we are not taught about the christ that is our life our supply our life supply we were not taught about christ as the portion of our enjoyment but today we have seen this light we have seen more that christ is more than uh, being like a person you have to imitate. Christ is now our life to live. He's a person we are supposed to live. That's why Paul says that, for to me to live is Christ. He says that I have been crucified. The life that I, I now live in my body, I live the life of Christ. Christ lives in me as a life. The faith that he's using was the faith of Christ, not his faith. He says the fa- by the faith of Christ, Some of us, we have failed to be overcomers. Why? Because we have our faith. And we have not yet taken the faith of the one, the person we are living. That's why our faith weavers. Our faith staggers. Our faith, uh, it begins to doubt God. It is a weak faith because it is our faith. A faith from us. We are the source of that faith. Until we get the faith of Christ, we shall not overcome. So, we need to be saved, we need to be transferred and taken back to the sweetness of Christ. I want to tell you, deep within us, we have got to realize that there is an enjoyable Christ. You have got to see that He is so enjoyable and turn, turn into yourself, you will find Him. Turn into your spirit, you will find Him. He always there waiting for you to come. You see? so. We have been receiving several helps from the pastors, ministers, and Christian workers, and many of us were, uh, we we have received a lot of help. But we have discovered some ministries and administration from pastors, ministers, Christian workers have done a lot to distract us, to lead away from, to lead us away from the enjoyment of the in, inner Christ. We turn, we have turned from the inner sense of the sweetness of Christ to religious duties. Now they are telling you a a, a true Christian is supposed to behave like this. A true Christian is supposed to live and uh, uh, walk like this. They are supposed to teach us to walk Christ, to live Christ as our person, to take him as our portion and to see that he is all in all, everything is in Christ. And this has brought a lot of people into darkness again. And the, the inward shining has ceased. They are now living in darkness. Even when they are reading their scriptures, they cannot come to light. So many of us, we have spent years in this condition. Thank God he has revealed our eyes, has opened us. Light has shined upon our hearts and our eyes. We are now out of this desperation. We are now laying aside our religious duties. We are now turning to the Lord. We are crying out to him, Father, help us, show us your light. And when whenever you you turn to him you turn to the Lord I tell you the Bible says let me read you one verse you see second Corinthians second Corinthians 3:17 I want you to see something which is so important let us begin to see from second uh, Corinthians 3 15 uh, 14 the Bible says in second Corinthians 3:14. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. Which veil is done away in Christ? So, meaning that there are some people whereby their minds are still blinded. There is a veil upon their minds and their eyes are blinded. So, they cannot understand, they cannot come to Christ. But they say that whenever, when they turn to Christ, the veil is taken away. When they turn to Christ, the veil is taken out of 15. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, now when they say Moses, they are talking about the, the law, the Old Testament. When Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. In other words, they cannot read the Old Testament and fail to see Christ in the Old Testament. They are still seeing Moses. They are still seeing the, the observances, the ordinances. They are still seeing the law. They are still seeing the sacrifices, the the rituals. They are still seeing those. That means that whenever they read the Old Testament, they still have the veil um, upon their hearts. But verse 16 says, Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, when a person turns to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. He will now begin to look into the Old Testament and see Christ in every scripture, just like we do. In every scripture, we want to see that we see Christ and the church. We want to see life and beauty? We want to see the tree of life? Glory to God! So we see that now the Bible says, "When, when ne- nevertheless, when they when shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away." Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So that is it. That is it. You see. So people need to turn to the Lord until they come out of. They are taken from darkness to light. Then in the light we will now gain and again begin to enjoy Christ as the portion of the saints. Hallelujah. So the only way to partake of Christ and enjoy him and enjoy him is by turning to the light. You begin to partake of Christ. You begin to enjoy him. Hallelujah. That's the only way. You want to partake of Christ. You want to enjoy him. Then I pray for you that you begin to turn to him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So we have seen that uh, there are some things that uh, have covered us. We no longer take Christ as a portion. We no longer see him. But today we are coming to that lost shining that was lost. We are coming back by the grace of God. Hallelujah. We are coming out of those religious duties. They have been telling us to keep We are coming out of those funny, funny teachings and doctrines that are not leading us unto Christ. We are coming back to the light. You see, God and Christ are the light. When we turn to the Lord and come into his presence, we are in the light and spontaneously we begin to enjoy him as a portion. All Christians should read the Bible. It is good. But we have a problem. It is impossible to be in darkness even when you are uh, and you see that you, you will see the, the light in the, in, in, in the Bible. It is very possible. Some people, they, they are reading the Bible, but they are living in darkness. You can't be in darkness and see the light of the word. We have got to read scriptures without, uh, rather, we may read scriptures without being in the presence of, of the Lord. It is possible. A person can quote scriptures, read scriptures. He knows a lot about scriptures, but is, is, is outside the presence of the Lord. He's outside the, the the presence of the of the light. You see, he's, he has been removed. He cannot see the countenance of the the countenance of the Lord when he's reading. He's looking to the scriptures, but he's not having the light. But the, I will tell you, there is a proper way, a proper way of reading scriptures. If you do come to that way and study the Bible, I tell you, you are going to come out of that uh, darkness into the Lord's presence. So the proper way. To read the scriptures is not only by the mind. Don't read the scriptures with your mind because you want to grasp them in your mind, because you want to know them. No. You have got to read also those scriptures with the seeking spirit. Let your spirit have that seeking attitude. You read in your mind, but with the seeking spirit, looking to the Lord's countenance as we read. Just like the Bible showed us in 2 Corinthians that whenever we shall turn to the Lord, the veil is going to be taken away. Read the scriptures when you are seeking Christ. Seeking. Seeking the countenance of the Lord. You are searching Christ out of them. You are looking unto Christ when you are reading them. The secret is by prayer reading. pray read the scriptures. Prayer reading the scripture is so powerful. You read the scriptures as you are praying. You read a verse, you pray, Oh Lord, I thank you because in this verse, You are my light. I have seen you that you are the light. You have read a scripture that say that is the portion of the inheritance. You say, Father, I thank you because I see now you are my portion, the portion of the inheritance. I take you as my inheritance. That's what we call prayer reading the scriptures. You read a verse, you pray about it. You begin to seek it with your spirit because it is prayer that causes you to your spirit now to begin to see and to, 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 to partake of what you are reading. That's when it is entering your spirit. You've got to learn to pray read the word and that's, in that way you are going to be brought into the Lord's presence and in this way that's how we are going to understand the scriptures when we read the Bible in a pre-reading spirit opening ourselves to the Lord we are brought into his presence and spontaneously I tell you we are in the light and Christ becomes our portion so no matter what kind of disposition or nature you may have you have one weakness and we all have one weakness in common and that is we like to urge you. But whenever we urge you, we are brought out into darkness. Whenever you complain, you are brought into darkness. Whatever thing we do in the flesh brings us back in darkness. You live in the flesh, you move in the flesh, you are brought back into darkness. That's a, that's why every day you need to be transferred back to the light. Because even whatever you are thinking and speaking brings you back into darkness. And because we are in, not in the light, then you cannot enjoy Christ as your portion. The moment you are in the flesh... You cease to enjoy Christ as your portion. <coughs> Hallelujah. So, whenever I finish practicing all those fleshly things, you need to repent and come to thorough confession to the Lord so that you are brought back by repentance and your confession. You are brought back to the light and to Christ as your portion. This is the, the, the work of repentance. So, you have got to know that whenever you live in the flesh, you never, you never, uh, you are brought out. And you are taken back to darkness. If we are in darkness, I tell you, because of our arguing, adju- adju- because of our complaining, because of our funny living, then uh, we cannot enjoy Christ. You cannot enjoy Christ and uh, you may come to the meetings, you can, can come for prayers, you can come for discipleship, you can come for teachings, but you have no enjoyment of Christ. You are not seeing Christ, you are just in a formal way. So you are not in the light. Christ cannot be your portion in darkness. So it can only be your Passover. When you are still in darkness like the children of Israel, they are still in Egypt, Christ could be to them the Passover lamb. When you are in the, in the desert life, it can only be the manna to you and the water from the rock. But if you want to enjoy Christ as your portion, I tell you, child of God, you have got to come past the Passover, past the manna, and you begin to enjoy Christ as your portion of the good land. Then, let me tell you, that's the only way. We cannot stay in Egypt in darkness and enjoy Christ as our portion. You only take him as, as, as the lamb. You see, we must turn holy to God with all our hearts that may consume the entire Christ. So we have found that these weaknesses put us into darkness and we cannot bear to do them. People do sin, they do practice fleshly desires and they keep them within darkness. Yet they fail to come to the light of the presence of God, which is to turn to the Spirit. So if we would be in the light, I tell you, we must turn to Him every day, every time, by a simple prayer. Turn to the Spirit from within. Then His presence will become the shining light unto you. You begin to see the light of life. So in this way, Christ becomes your portion of the saints in a practical and experiential way. We have seen that many things in many things we are able to pretend. Some people do pretend as if they have the light, as if they are enjoying Christ, but there is no enjoyment of Christ in them. We need to come back to the fellowship, to fellowship with God. We must walk in the light. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. Let me read for you. 1 John. It says, John 1, 7. It says that um, John 1 7 it says but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin so we see that in him if we walk in the light then we have fellowship even with one another with God and our fellow brothers and we see that in God there is no room for uh, pretense. You can't pretend. You can't pretend. You cannot lie yourself that you are walking in light. You may deceive others, but you cannot deceive the Lord. When you come to Him, everything is too real, genuine, and honest and practical. There is no again uh, pretending. I read for you Isaiah 2:5. The prophet sounded forth a call and said, "O house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord." even today, we are sounding that that trumpet. Come. Come and begin to see and begin to walk in the light of the Lord. During Isaiah's time, we see that the children of Israel were occupied with religion. They could fast, they could pray, they could do the religious things, but they had lost the light of the Lord because their hearts had turned from Him. They they were living in darkness. They had the temple where they could go for, for worship. They had the priests and the priesthood. They had all the sacrifices, but they were not in the light. That's why God had to chase their sacrifices. From today, I I no longer want your sacrifices. They are not um, a thing to me. You see, because they had turned their hearts away from God, they were in darkness, no matter the temple, no matter the priesthood, no matter the sacrifice, no matter the fasting, no matter the praying. These are the very things we do today in the church. But we are missing the light. We missed to walk in the light. So that's why Isaiah called them to come and walk in the light of the Lord. And this was a call to repent. Every day we have got to repent. Call upon the blood of Jesus. Father renew my mind. Father renew my my attitude, my way of doing things. Teach me to live you. Teach me to move in you, to have my being in you. Begin to confess always, confess at all times. Just like uh, Isaiah had to call them to come. The Lord says come. Come into the Lord's presence. That's why when we read in Psalms 36, verse 8 and 9, you will see. Let us check uh, Psalms, uh, Psalms, Psalms uh, 36, 8, 9. It describes that a person, we have seen that, uh, we read and saw that it describes a person who has returned to the Lord. Now is enjoying, he's seeing light, he is in the Lord's presence. Such a one is satisfied with the fatness of God's house in verse 8. And is drinking of the rivers of the Lord's pleasure in verse 8. Then he knows the Lord as the fountain of life. And in the light of the Lord, he sees light in verse 9. You see? So in this light, the portion of the saints becomes his enjoyment. He begins to enjoy because he, he has light. He can see the portion. He can enjoy what he's seeing. We need to be abiding in Christ. We need to walk in the light of life. The Bible said in John 8, 12 that we should do, come and walk in the light of, the, of life. It says, Whoever comes to me by enemies, I shall not cast him away. He shall have the light of life. So he says, I am the light of the world, that we may partake of Christ who is in the light. Come to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. The Bible shows us in Ephesians 5, 14. 5, 14. It says that, Wherefore he says, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. When you wake up from that darkness, Christ is going to give you the light of life. Praise the Lord. He's going to give you the light of life. So I see that uh, you are being blessed, and I want to wind up from here. We shall begin uh, from there tomorrow. I want to encourage you wherever you are that you need this grace. May the Holy Spirit begin to open your eyes May the Lord begin to help you out May the Lord begin to show you this light Come and partake Christ in in the light As the scriptures told us I pray that you continue to follow us Share our messages Let us spread this light Let us spread Don't keep it by yourself Don't be selfish Just as God has given us the grace to bring it to you On our website freedomexperienceministry.org On our social media Please take it to others Share Invite them God bless you. Share. Download. If you want to download, follow us. Click follow and download these messages. Go and help the world. God is going to bless you. This is Pastor Dennis. If at all you want to be a support to this ministry, please do so. Visit our website at www.freedomexperienceministry.org and click the give button. Donate to us. God is going to bless you. We love you so much.
0: Be blessed. Bye bye. To get more of this message and partner with Freedom Experience Ministry, log on to our website, www.freedomexperienceministry.org or find us on our Facebook page, Freedom Experience Ministry. You can also call us directly on plus 89 Be blessed. Experience the mystery of the word, the redemptive power, revelation, and eternity
1: purpose brought to light in your walk with Christ.